and welcome back to another episode of the Hookworks Podcast. This is Cade. Thank you for that. Sorry, I'm excited about this because we're so late. <laughs> and my co-host, Curtis. We've been on a little hiatus. We're back. Um, life happens. Get over it. But on this episode, we're just going to dive back into everything that we, we missed over the last, what, month? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I will say, it never fails. Same thing happened last year. It's it's not necessarily like hunting season that gets in the way, but it's, for whatever reason, October, yeah, our schedules just completely misaligned. Yeah, both like, of ours. Yeah, it's awful. Our um, our lives don't yeah. <laughs> don't exist together in October. I ever. don't know what it is every <laughs> year, and yeah, it's just been scheduling conflict after scheduling conflict. Your work's been crazy in October. Mine's been crazy. Yeah, just family life in general has been crazy. Right. So it, it's like I don't know what it is about this month, but there's I don't know so much going on. You would think by now we would just expect it. Yeah. But I mean, we definitely had a couple opportunities to get in some episodes, but like mm-hmm. they would have had to been over the phone with you or something right. like that, which is just not ideal. No, it's it's, it's not ideal. I think our last two were phone interviews. They were. It's, this is the first time in the studio in since probably first of September, something late like August. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it feels good to be back in here. <laughs> <It does. laughs> It's not the same doing it over the phone, yeah. drinking my water or my Mountain Dew, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it works to get the job done, but it does. Definitely not ideal. And the audio is a lot better in the studio anyway. Yeah, but for sure. No, it's a, uh, this hiatus was obviously not planned, but at the same time, it kind of was. I think we kind of almost wanted a little bit of a break because we were doing so good there. I mean, it, it sucked. I didn't want to break that streak, but. Yeah. We were running a little dry before hunting season there. Right, yeah. (laughs) And so far, hunting season hasn't provided much additional content. No, not really. (laughs) But to be fair, and to be fair to listeners, this is, other than this morning, this is like the first time you and I have like talked Mm -hmm. and hung out in close to that month, really. Yeah. So no telling where this episode is going to go. We have halfway of an idea of what we want to talk about, (laughs) but I know it's not going to go there. Yeah, there's really no telling. But anyways, we left off with Ryan talking a lot, kind of hearing his side of deer season prep and uh, just kind of sharing stories with him. And that was, I guess, the weekend, technically the week before, like two weeks before opener. Yeah. Um, and the episode before that, we talked about the antelope trip, the yearly trip, um, which I would like to have Ryan on again. Yeah, to, we'll get a, we'll get a better in-depth episode. Yeah. Kind of hear that. his thoughts on the trip and stuff like that. Um, I ha- I also haven't heard a, a word about the antelope trip. Yeah, you and I haven't even no. really talked about it. No. So, um, well, for starters, it was like uh, thurs- the Thursday before. So October <laughs> 1st was on a Sunday. Yeah. And uh, it was Thursday, and I was at work. And Cade and I were texting about mm-hmm. something, and he mentioned that, like, the second weekend of October, there was a cool front coming yeah. through. Pretty Not, decent one too yeah, for I mean, that early in October. For that early, it was really good. Like it wasn't going to be crazy cold or anything, but really good for down here in Oklahoma. Yeah. So I started thinking about it, and I was like, "Damn, I really want to deer hunt, but that's the weekend we're supposed mm-hmm. to go out west." So yeah, because you were going to go out west the second week. Yeah, right? it was going to be yeah. technically the second week weekend of August, or October. Mm-hmm. So Cade got my mind turning there, and I started talking to Ryan, and I was like, "Man." I feel like the whitetail are really going to be moving that weekend. It was like at that time before season started, like even on my property that I hung without you, yeah. I had some nice bucks on camera. Yeah. 
So I was like, man, I gotta be in the woods. Like, I yeah, gotta be out there at Haskell. You don't screw that yeah, up whenever no. you got bucks out there that right. early season. So I started talking to Ryan. And I was like, dude, how big of an issue would it be if we swapped weekends? Like, <laughs> I was like, what all do you have going on this weekend? He was like, this weekend's actually better for me. He's like, next weekend I have like a wedding in Kansas City Friday, so I would be driving back. Holy like, cow, dude, that sucks. I was like. Well, I mean, it's going to be the same amount of work that we have to take off for either trip. So I was mm-hmm. like, screw it. Let's just go this weekend. Because realistically, for antelope hunting, it's better when it's a little bit warmer anyway. Yeah. So I was like, it works out perfectly. Mm-hmm. This weekend will be better for antelope hunting. Next weekend's better for whitetail. So let's just get it done. Yeah. So it was last minute. I had to talk to work and be like, hey, I have this PTO plan. I need to <laughs> swap it to next week. <laughs> Luckily, my boss was already taking PTO. Mm-hmm. So like it was kind of going to be a slower week for me anyways. And the PN that I was working for, I cleared it with him, made sure everything worked out. So it was literally Thursday and we were planning on leaving Friday or Saturday morning. And we swapped the weekends around and decided to go out west a weekend early. Yeah. Um. And it was nice, actually. We got there. I forget. Well, we kind of. A lot of the area that we hunt out there is east of where we camp Mm -hmm. so instead of going straight and setting up camp we kind of scouted our way in yeah and immediately as soon as we got in the area it seemed like antelope numbers were better like we were finding antelope a lot better than normal so like okay man i got a pretty good feeling about this like Mm -hmm. this is a good sign we're finding them pretty quick and Mm -hmm. uh, actually near some land that we could access and stuff like that so it kind of got our hopes up pretty high Mm -hmm. uh but one thing we learned very quickly on the very first night is we timed it bad with storms. Mm. That place gets like 10 inches of rain a year. Mm-hmm. I think we got 10 inches of rain that weekend. I, yeah. It was gnarly. Yeah. Sleeping in a tent when it's downpouring sucks. <laughs> yeah, I haven't heard about this, but I remember those storms. Those storms were hitting me up in Nebraska that weekend. Dude, they were bad. Yeah. Like... I didn't sleep hardly at all the first night because the wind was blowing so hard. It was raining so hard. Did you think to put your uh, waterproof canopy over your tent? We didn't even bring that thing. <laughs> I mean, my tent, my tent stayed pretty waterproof. Did it? So I didn't have any problems. It was just loud. Yeah. I couldn't really sleep. So that was like right off the rip. I was like, damn, that's going to suck. <laughs> but, was the wind bad? That night, not horrible. But I'll just say... The last night we slept there, um, I think it was Monday night, we contemplated leaving because the storms that were coming in sounded gnarly. Yeah. Like, we thought about driving farther east and finding a different campsite to try and avoid the storms. Mm-hmm. And then we realized we weren't going to, like, in order to still kind of hunt some of the areas on the last day that we wanted to hunt, we wouldn't have been able to get far enough east to get out of it. Yeah. We had, like, 60-mile-an-hour gusts. Mm. At one point in the night, I think it was, like, 11 o'clock, I was sat up on my cot and like bracing the back wall of my tent with my hands because the wind was like trying to fold it over on top of me. (laughs) I was genuinely like pretty scared actually. Yeah. Cause the other thing is it's like every second it's lightning flashes and it's like, even through a tent, the flash blinds you. Oh yeah. It's that bright because there's nothing out there to block the light. It's just wide open. Yeah. And it was blinding light, insane wind, insane rain. It was a disaster for camping. But, I mean, really, we got pretty lucky because we don't, 
we don't run like very expensive tents or anything, mm-hmm. but they stayed pretty waterproof and we like tied them down pretty well. So it was like, even the wind was like pushing it in and bending the little, I don't even remember what they're called, the, like the poles or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the tent wasn't like breaking apart or anything and it actually held up pretty well, surprisingly. Yeah. And luckily on the last night, um, the storms moved out by like a little after 11, I think. So it wasn't that bad, actually. It was like a short-lived terrifying moment and then it went away <laughs> so i was able to get sleep yeah but, there's nothing out there to block the wind either no that was definitely a gnarly part of the trip other than like during the days we actually got pretty lucky there wasn't really any rain yeah uh it was bad windy though really which was kind of a bummer because out there you got to be expect you got to be willing to take some pretty far shots on mm-hmm. these antelope oh yeah didn't and you've got a 25 mile an hour crosswind Jeez, that's not good yeah, I'm nowhere near comfortable doing that. Yeah. Had a long I mean, shot anyway, and then factor in the wind. Right, nah. yeah. It would have been a bad deal. Um, but really, dude, we were on Antelope all weekend. That's awesome. Like, near public. I think we, I mean, we put in the effort between me and Ryan, because uh, we'd kind of like swap off on certain stocks just mm-hmm. to see, or sometimes we'd both go in and try to like work together and stuff. Mm-hmm. Between the two of us, I mean, we probably put in like 10 stocks over the weekend. Like, that's nice. the most we've ever done. Yeah. It was, and really, at one point, um, the shitty part is, even like the, the OLAP land that we can access and stuff, most of the time when the antelope are in it, there's no cover in it. It's just a bare field. Mm-hmm. So, the closest call we actually had, uh, I dropped Ryan off in a roadside ditch. And there was OLAP on either side of the road. So he's the the roadsides have like some decent brush that you can mm-hmm. actually hide in. So Ryan's just like sitting in this ditch. And I've like got the truck parked a little ways out and kind of like just keeping the truck where the herd can see us. It was like a herd of like seven or eight. There was one buck and a bunch mm-hmm. of does. So I'm keeping the 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 truck in an area that they can see the truck so they don't run towards it because that would oh, be yeah. like unide like not ideal for Ryan. Yeah. And they kept wanting to cross like back and forth across this road. So I was like, man, if he's patient enough, like they're gonna try something and eventually get in range. Mm-hmm. Uh there was one point I couldn't tell where he was because I knew he was moving up and down the road. And for whatever reason, they decided to cross the road at some point. And I was like, dude, they've got to be right on top of them. Like, from my point of view, I was yeah. like, he is right on top of these things. Like, how have I not seen an arrow flung yet? <laughs> it blew my mind. But I guess what had happened is they moved down the road a little bit from him. So he was only within about 150 yards of him and actually oh, wasn't as close as I thought. But I was like, any second now, this is going to be it. He's going to seal the deal. Which I imagine out there, if you're half a mile away it probably seems like it's right on top of because oh yeah nothing out yeah, there you like your depth anything. perception out there just yeah there's nothing you you can't really base it off of anything so mm-hmm. it's so hard to tell but um yeah there was another point where ryan like army crawled like 500 yards to this open field trying to get on him again <laughs> and i was again using the truck to try and like bump him and stuff i went and Walked through this like bare dirt field. I think it was like freshly planted. Mm. I walked like 300 yards out on it and like sat on this dirt pile with a little bit of brush because we thought a herd was going to like cross over in front of us. And then they ended up turning and going the other way. I was like, damn it. I thought we had it. Like, <laughs> it's just, 
Man, it's so hard. They they kick you in the teeth out there. Every time you mm-hmm. think you got something figured out, you don't. But so you hunting kind of the same same OLAP areas you have been the last couple of years. Yeah, pretty much the same area. Um, we actually this year found through like Ryan's stepdad, who's a land appraiser. He has a friend who knows a guy that owns a bunch of land out there, like something like forty thousand acres or oh, something wow. stupid. So we figured out, like, he told us the name, and he was like, if you can find a number, tell him this guy gave you his information, or if you, like, know where he lives or something, or if you find out where he lives, go talk to him and do that. Mm-hmm. So we actually found, like, the owner, and they had, like, two companies that, like, were also landowners, and it was just, like, land all over the place over there. They mm-hmm. owned it. So we're like, okay, well, this is a good sign, but... We found out where, because I think it was like two brothers or something that owned the lands and stuff. We found one of their houses and we thought about going to talk to him, but we were like, okay, before we waste time doing that, let's find some antelope on his land. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing is they actually have a lot of their land already in the OLAP program. Oh, yeah. So we're iffy. It's like if he already has some listed in OLAP, if he doesn't have something else, it might be because he doesn't want anybody on it. So. It was kind of a battle that we dealt with, but then we were like, well, we'll still go talk to him, but let's find something on his land to make it worth asking and not just being like, hey, if we see something, can we go get it? Mm -hmm. We wanted to actually see something be like, hey, can we make a move on these? We'll be in and out, won't mess up the land or anything like that. But honestly, we just never came across it. Like we found quite a few that were bordering public and private and um, actually found a decent amount on OLAP too. Mm-hmm. Just never could make the perfect move on them to actually get a shot. Yeah. Do you think you guys in the future will end up going more than one time or stay out? What is it? How long is the season? The season is actually only two weeks long. Um, do you think you might do a two week trip? No, honestly, like that shit wears you out. I bet, yeah. Because it's not like super physically demanding because you're just driving around in the truck all day, but that's what wears you out. Oh, yeah. Sitting in a freaking truck all day, driving around, looking for antelope. And it's like, there was one day towards the end of the day where we had just lost every everything, all the herds that we had marked and we were like coming back to, we just, they were gone. Mm-hmm. We had nothing. It was like, okay, we got to get out of this area. I mean, yeah. There's just nothing we could do. We we were off of them. Really? Like, I, I love that trip, and I want to keep doing it. Like, that's one of my ultimate bucket list things is to be able to say I've killed an antelope in Oklahoma with my bow. But um, I don't think I could handle it for more than, like, the few days that we actually go and do it. It's, yeah. It's brutal. So, like, by the end of it, I'm like, okay, this was fun. But I'm worn out of this stuff. I'm ready to go chase whitetail. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Uh, that's just like almost more mentally draining than it is, mm-hmm. you know, because it's. I don't. You have so much high expectations of it, and yeah, after doing so many stocks, it's not freaking working out. I'm right. sure you're getting irritated, <laughs> dude. It is. It's one of the. It's the most frustrating hunting I've ever done. Yeah, because like when you're duck hunting or you're deer hunting, you're you're strategizing, of course. Mm-hmm. But it's like once you find your spot, that's really all the strategizing yeah. you have to do. Yeah. With these antelope, every time you see an antelope, mm-hmm. you have to start breaking down. And be like, okay, if I do this, what's going to happen? Or maybe we mm-hmm. go about it this way, and it just wears you out, dude. It's 
it's a, a ton of fun, but by the end of the trip, I'm usually like, all right, I'm, I'm over it. Right. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that'd be fun to do. I'd like to join the next couple of years whenever I get more comfortable behind the bow. Yeah. It, it's a fun trip just mm-hmm. to go and hang out too. I mean, yeah. the campsite's cool. You, you meet a lot of other cool hunters out there. Um, mm-hmm. There's pretty decent like camaraderie at the camp and stuff mm-hmm. and talking to guys. Yeah. Uh, man, we actually, I think it was towards the end of the day. So there, the, the Rita Blanca, like wildlife management area out there, that's mm-hmm. like what we can't buy. Mm-hmm. And it's all public access to bow hunt or whatever for these antelope. But the first couple of years when we've been out there, there just really haven't been that many on it. Mm-hmm. So we didn't even bother with it. Yeah. We were driving about 40 minutes east of where we were camping every day to go yeah. find these antelope and stuff. And it was that day where everything to the east, we had just lost them. Mm-hmm. Couldn't find any more. So we were like, all right, screw it. We haven't checked like the wildlife management area. So let's just go give it a shot, see what happens. And yeah. uh, there's this one area of it. So it's like, it's broke up into like sections mm-hmm. and on X, you can see the sections they are like highlighted green. Mm-hmm. And there's this one section where there's a, a square here. Then there's a little piece of private and there's another square. Mm-hmm. And then there's a long stretch in front of it. That's also, <laughs> <laughs> so we literally call it, the dick of Rita Blanca because on maps it looks like a dick. <laughs> so we make jokes about it all the time. We're like, man, we want to see one in there. Like imagine the story yeah. of it. Dude, we found a nice buck by himself in really? one of the testes. And <laughs> we were, we're, we're driving by Left it. Left or right? <laughs> it was the right. Uh, <laughs> we're driving by it. And Ryan and I are like making our jokes or whatever, talking about like how cool it would be to see one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we're driving by it, and I'm like, Buck, right there. Ryan looks over at me instead of looking in the field, and he's like, you're full of shit. And I was like, dude, seriously, look. Like, there's a buck standing in the middle of this field. <laughs> and he finally turns around, he's like, holy shit, I thought you were messing with me. Oh, God. <laughs> and, dude, it seemed like there was like some tall, decently tall grass. There was like a tree out there that we had a chance. We were thinking about using a decoy. And it was like, this is going to be our chance. And that dirty sucker was so spooky. As soon as we drove up the road and turned around, he was already running Jeez. away. And I was like, damn, we spooked him that bad just by driving by. It was it was a heartbreaker, dude. I guess maybe because he was just so low. He was kind of more on edge, maybe. I guess, man. But I thought, I was like, this is the one. This is going to happen mm-hmm. right here. Just by like driving by, it seemed too perfect. Like the situation. Yeah. And he's hauled ass out of the field. And it was funny because one thing that we talk to like other hunters and game wardens about, they say all the time, they're like, the bucks, they don't jump fences. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're barriers to them. They're, they hate jumping them. So they're always going to avoid them. Yeah. I'm watching that sucker run through the field over in binos and he jumped a fucking fence. Really? And I was like, hey, he's not supposed to do that. <laughs> I was like, I thought jump fences what the hell is this about <laughs> I, I had heard from well paul also but that they're just like if you spook them bad enough they won't jump they'll run straight into the fence and fall oh, over yeah. and then keep going yeah of course i haven't ever experienced it or not but yeah i mean we've seen herds of them like run up to fences and the does will jump to fences but the bucks won't they'll like run around and find an opening or something that's so weird but that one for whatever reason he was getting the hell out of town and he jumped fence I was like, damn, this dude was on a mission. He was getting the hell out of there. Yeah. 
he was a pretty nice buck too, honestly. I mean, for somebody that doesn't have a lot of experience with him, mm-hmm. but it would have been so freaking cool. Is there any muleys out there? Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, I didn't even send you the picture. The first morning that we were driving back out towards the east, there was this Milo field that we drove mm-hmm. by. And I wasn't paying attention. Ryan was driving. And uh, all of a sudden, I just hear him go, mule deer. And I look over, and I see these two does. They're just laying in the ditch right next to the road. It was like the road, a little grass ditch, and then a big Milo field. Mm-hmm. And the does were just laying in the ditch right next to the road. And he was like, dude, there was a buck on the other side. I caught a glimpse of the buck, but I didn't really see it. Because we've seen, like, some mule deer does out there before, but never a buck. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, you want to turn around? I was like, hell yeah, I want to turn around. I want to go <laughs> see that buck. So we turned around and literally, like, aimed the truck. It was, it's, like, it's like a full-on highway, but luckily there's not that many people right. out there. So he just, like, aimed the truck right at him and faced the headlights. And that buck had crossed the road to where the does were. And mm-hmm. he was, like, about to hop in the Milo field. But I got, like, a... It's a blurry picture because it was through the windshield, through yeah. the headlights. But he was a full frame, like, mule deer buck. Really? Which was pretty freaking cool because yeah. I hadn't seen that out there yet. I mean, I knew they were out there, but I hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then the next day, we drove by and the does were there again. Really? Yeah. So they must have been living basically in that Milo field somewhere. Mm. It was private, unfortunately. But mm. but it was pretty cool to see. Muley's are really cool. I saw several, several of them over the last week. Oh yeah, yeah, several decent bucks too. Mm-hmm. Through Utah and uh, Nevada, even yeah. And supposedly, I didn't know this, but and you may, but supposedly, Utah is supposed to be known for some of the biggest muleys. Really? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and after driving through, because I've I've been through Utah, but after driving through. Like most of Utah through the heart of the state, that's on one of my bucket lists to hunt. Oh, yeah. It's just such a cool state. Yeah. I mean, the whole state is just nothing but those big ravine-type canyons and everything mm-hmm. like that. It'd be awesome to hunt that. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. We actually decided... So normally, we like run and hit some OLAP on the way back, mm-hmm. kind of farther east towards like the main part of the state on the edge of the panhandle and stuff. Um this year, we decided to stop at another WMA. It was the Beaver River WMA, mm-hmm. which is a pretty popular area where mule deer are killed in the state. Like yeah. It holds majority, probably, of the mule deer kills in the state mm-hmm. that are harvested here. So we are like, you know what? Let's go chase mule deer. Like, we know they're kind of in the area. Mm-hmm. So we went out there and uh, on the last day. And it's kind of just like rolling hills. Like, there's some pretty tall ones. And it's all just like buck brush like waist high most for the most part and we ended up tracking like i think by the time we got back to the truck we had covered about four miles so mm-hmm. it wasn't like a crazy crazy walk in because it was the last day and like i wanted to be back at a decent time because mm-hmm. i had to go to work the next day but we went in there and ended up jumping two mule deer does while we were walking through didn't see anything else but it was kind of cool to get out there and see mm-hmm. that and ryan and i considering going back and uh, possibly muzzleloader hunting that one year. Oh yeah, for mule deer. That'd be sweet. Yeah, it'd be pretty fun. Uh, I actually thought of it because while we were out antelope hunting, there was a guy watching the same herd of antelope that we were. Mm-hmm. So while Ryan was in a ditch, uh, he like pulled up next to me in the truck and was just 
bullshitting with me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like every year he muzzleloader hunts up there in that same WMA. So it's like, man, I need to go look at it. Just see kind of what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty cool area. I think we might try and visit it one year for uh, like a weekend or something. Because right. it's not quite as far of a drive as yeah. the antelope trip. That'd be sweet. Possibly next year because... We might change our game plan for antelope hunting next year mm-hmm. and uh, try to go to Wyoming yeah, for a rifle hunt. That's going to be so, sweet. They've got pretty good draw odds because you can buy preference points. So, like, we should be able to get tags. So, we're thinking if we can get mm-hmm. antelope tags next year that we're going to go to Wyoming for a week mm-hmm. and see if we can get it done with a, a rifle just to break the ice on the antelope. Yeah. So, then we'll take a break from the panhandle trip for that year. And we thought about maybe still just adding another hunt to the season and going to do that muzzleloader mm-hmm. hunt from mule deer after the Wyoming trip or whatever. When would the Wyoming trip be? Would that be? I think it's September. September. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be really sweet and good state to to do that in. Yeah, it'll be a trip. Be a long drive, but it'd be cool to do. Mm-hmm. So, and we're gonna look into um, possibly some elk tags and mule deer tags mm-hmm. up there too maybe start putting in for those yeah that'd be sweet where do you remember where in the state i don't ryan and i talked about it i, th- I think there's options all over but mm-hmm. i want to say it was like the southwest or northwest side of the state that has the most public probably southwest yeah once you kind of get a little closer to utah really i would assume yeah, I haven't done a lot of research on the units yet. Ryan's looked into it a little more than I'd have. But. Yeah. I'm sure there's a shit ton of public land in Wyoming. To- yeah, I bet there is. I think it's like, I think you have to put in for certain units with your tags. Mm-hmm. And each unit has like higher or better draw odds, mm-hmm. depending on how many tags they have for it or yeah. whatever. But that's the other, that's one thing that we kept saying all weekend on this year's trip. It's like, dude, if we had a rifle... We'd be yeah. going home by now. We yeah. could have killed both. Both of us could have killed a buck so easily this last mm-hmm. year. And that's saying something because in the past years, that really wasn't the case. Yeah. But this year, if, if we had rifles, we could have killed. Now, can you easily. can you do that in Oklahoma? With- it's a it's a draw tag. Okay. Um, And it's like certain units you have to like that they open up for that rifle season. Mm-hmm. It's a really limited draw. We've been putting in for it the past couple of years. But really? I haven't got it. When is that rifle season for? I can't. I think it's before. I think it's before the archery season. Oh, really? I could be wrong, but I think it's before it. Okay. <sighs> yeah, I, I I, knew you'd mentioned that before. I couldn't remember when the season was. Yeah, I forget too, but I think it's before. That would be something really cool too that I'll keep putting in for every year because I'm pretty confident at this mm-hmm. point. I know that area well enough now. Mm-hmm. If I get a rifle tag, I can go kill, yeah. kill an antelope out there. I feel like if you, whenever y'all go to Wyoming, I feel like it'll, I'll be surprised if you don't come home with something. I think the odds are pretty good out there too. Um, and I think just the little bit that we know from hunting them the way we have, I think will help us too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I feel, I feel pretty confident going out there with a rifle that we can get it done. Yeah. And it seems pretty common. I think a lot of people are going up there and doing that. I see them all the freaking time up there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in all a, the time. Ryan just showed me like a face group, Facebook group the other day of like antelope hunters or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's like majority of the posts you see are guys that are going up there to Wyoming mm-hmm. and shooting them with a rifle. Yeah. Which is super cool. I mean, I 
it would be a blast to do. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, I prefer to bow hunt, but man, I've bow hunted those things, and it's so <laughs> damn hard. I'm itching for the chance to shoot yeah. one with a rifle. Well, there's no, nothing wrong with that, <laughs> no. especially whenever you get out in those wide open plains. It just yeah. makes it realize like how much of a talent mm. it is. Oh yeah, that you have to acquire that and right. the experience to do. Not that you're not, but getting the uh, getting a tag underneath your belt, you know to knock that itch off because you've been doing it for what this is your third year yeah this is year number three yeah Jason. so yeah yeah it's it's definitely that point like i don't ever think i'll be one of those like super hardcore antelope hunters that like mm -hmm. just loves them but it's like i want to kill one at some point just in general so hopefully next year we can go to wyoming and do it and then obviously my bucket list is mm -hmm. doing it in oklahoma with a bow but honestly once that's done I don't think I'm going to go try it again. <laughs> if I kill one in Oklahoma with my bow, I think I might retire from bow hunting in Oklahoma yeah. because it's so freaking yeah. hard, dude. Oh, yeah. What are we drinking tonight? We're drinking weird stuff tonight. Yeah. We have we have three Coors Lattes in the fridge, but we haven't cracked them open. Yeah. We've got some Shinerbach, which we've never drinking on the pod. Those are already down. I haven't had that in like years, I feel like. Yeah. Those, are, those have been down the hatch. Now we're back on the Oklahoma State IPA or whatever it is. These are different cans, aren't they? Yeah. They when did you get them. these? Huh? When did you get these? Today. Oh, you got them today. Oh. Yeah. Which I noticed one of us at the fair a couple weeks ago, they had these in the Oklahoma building. Mm. And they had the new cans out. I'm like, mm, I need to go get some more. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were the black cans. Yeah. Because I've been keeping those. Yeah, no, these cans are sweet. I like the white. Yeah. A little old school. Yeah. Still, yeah. still no sponsorship from Coors Light, so we're going to keep trying other beers. <laughs> we're switching it up. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put that plug in every time. Yeah. One day, one of these days we'll get it. Probably not. I don't Probably know if not. anyone, <laughs> not not very many people I think are sponsored by beers, but. No, I don't think so. If we had any luck, it'd probably be Bush. I would take it. I would yeah. too. <laughs> But I know of a lot bigger podcasts than us that talk about Bush Light a lot, and they're not sponsored, so <laughs> I'm not holding my breath no. on Nope. <clears throat> God, it feels good to be back in the studio. It does. It's been a while. It's much needed. But, I mean, I think that's a, a good highlight of your antelope trip, and we'll get more in depth whenever Ryan's on so we can get both perspective and... Yeah, I'm sure Ryan probably has some more, like, funny stories. I will say, and I might save, like, the full story for whenever Ryan gets on because we had an argument about it. Uh, we did get the truck stuck. I did, that's the only we thing there. I saw yeah. from your... <laughs> we did get the truck stuck pretty bad. Um, it's funny because whenever he was the guest on the last one, we were literally talking about this. Yeah, yeah, we were talking about almost getting my truck stuck. And to be fair, like, this time, when we were going through it, even I was like... It's a short stretch. Like, I think we can make it. Mm -hmm. And then it didn't. It didn't end up. <laughs> so, luckily, we were able to get it out without calling people. But yeah. that's a funny story that I'll definitely have, yeah. Ryan. Because we full on had an argument after the fact about it. <laughs> yeah, that, that looked like it was a pretty gnarly situation. Yeah, it was. It went so much better than I thought it would, like, looking at it. But mm -hmm. Oh, that's funny, though. It seems like we can't go out there with having something like that without having something like that happen. It's a good thing you didn't take his car, I guess. Oh yeah, we'd have been screwed. It would have been really bad. <laughs> yeah. But see, today's date is 
the 21st of October. Yep. How much have you been in the woods? Um, not enough, probably. To be completely honest. I think I've hunted at least once every weekend since mm-hmm. going out there. Uh, but to like kind of in true fashion for my property, once deer season got here, my bucks kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. So it kind of is a little discouraging, kind of makes you hesitate getting out in the woods. But the first hunt that I had this season, I actually seen quite a few deer, which is nice. Um, cause we haven't had a lot of deer on camera. Yeah, but all the deer that I saw while I was sitting that day, none of them went in front of the camera. So it was like <laughs> gave me that gave me that kind of vote. Like, okay, even though there's not something on camera, I'm just mm-hmm. watching one specific trail with that camera. Right, so they can move anywhere they want. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, okay, this is fine. Like, I can keep hunting, maybe get lucky and catch something that's not coming by the camera, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't see anything really worthwhile, other than some does and some small bucks and. I'm pretty much fully just buck hunting that property this year because we don't have a ton of does mm-hmm. and uh, there's quite a few people hunting it. Right. So if they want to kill does, I'll let them yeah. kill does. Yeah. And with the property that you and I hunt, we have no shortage of does. So <laughs> that's where I plan on trying to fill my yeah. doe tags at. So um, it's the crazy thing to me, like seeing the deer activity drop this hard is that we've had a pretty cool October comparatively Mm -hmm. like last year we got some pretty decent cold fronts in october too but this year it seems like almost every weekend it's been like Mm -hmm. timing this is the first weekend i feel like that it wasn't the case but every time the weekend rolls around there's a cool front coming through so it's like okay this is perfect like you need to get in the woods but yeah and it i mean we were talking about this earlier today you know you had what those two bucks that showed up when when did they first hit the cameras Oh, I don't even remember September. September, yeah, I think, which is unheard of. Yeah, for out there, we'd never see mature bucks that early. But, <clears throat> and we are kind of right now in the the lull, I'll say. Yeah, but I also I my opinion on the lull. I think it's property dependent. Yeah, on where you're at, it definitely is. Um, because there's people that can kill big deer all throughout October. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem to affect them, but right. it definitely like, like in your, in your October case, though, a myth. Yeah. I don't necessarily think it's a myth because I've seen firsthand, like it definitely seems to drop off, mm-hmm. especially like right now it's, it's dropped off kind of quite a bit for mm-hmm. our properties, but I don't think it's like a, a set in stone thing. Like, Oh, you shouldn't even waste your time hunting because you never know. Mm-hmm. Like they can still no. move through, but yeah. And I think in your case, like right now, it's a little different because I think there's a difference between if your bucks aren't daylighting or if they just aren't showing up. Um, yeah. Because if they're not daylighting, they're still daylighting somewhere and it may just not be in front of that camera either. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of property there that we're not watching with that, the cameras. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we target the most heavily used parts, but. Right. You really never know, especially with that property. It's just weird. They never really mm-hmm. pattern well, but we're still seeing like the two, the two bucks that stick around. There's one on like the first one that popped up on camera early season was a 
freaking toad. Mm-hmm. But we only saw him for like a week and then he disappeared. But the other two that stuck around, we've seen them. We usually see one of them like once a week still, usually yeah. at night or something. But mm-hmm. So it's like a good feeling. I know they're in the area, but they're just not. Well, if they're in the area, that's that's still a very good sign. Yeah. It, come, it come, gives, or come November. Right. You know. It still keeps me optimistic because I know how that property changes in November and how the activity picks up. So I'm like, if they're in the area, it's just going to matter of, going to be a matter of timing it right and being in the stand whenever they move because mm-hmm. they will at some point. Right. Yeah. Sorry, my throat was kind of... <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is really weird that I swear I've been hit harder by it on my property. I'm assuming this is the case. But so this year, I guess due to the rainfall at the time that we had, the acorn crop is insane. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a ton of acorns on the ground. And I've been running a feeder since uh, end of August, I think. Mm-hmm. No, maybe I didn't get mine up then. No, it was, no, I got it was it September. September. Yeah. I put my feeder up late, but my deer aren't eating at the feeder. Which that just boggles my mind. Like there's been a few days that some does have come up and eaten to it, uh-huh. but I mean, it's in the past, it's been every morning, every evening, there's usually mm-hmm. a deer at it eating. Right. Which is like common when you're running a feeder. Yeah. But this year, for whatever reason, my deer are not interested in corn on that property. Yeah. At the very least, at night, middle of the night. Right. You yeah. Know. You would think they just don't care about it this year. I don't know if it's the acorns or what, but that even doesn't make sense to me because I've got acorns all over the property. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, and I'm not seeing them in that many other areas of the property, like not consistently. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't that's, know what it's it weird. It's yeah. been super weird and kind of like bumming me out all season. And I feel like where your feeder's at next to the pond, like just a little honey hole type spot. It really you think is. That it would be, you'd see them the most there. Yeah. You know? It's one of those spots like if the wind's not right for like another stand, it'll work for the feeder usually. So I like to just go sit at it because you almost mm-hmm. always have a chance at a doe and you never know. They're mm-hmm. like the bucks will daylight at it from time to time so like mm-hmm. you always have that chance going to it but this year i haven't even sat that stand a single time because it's just not worth it we're not yeah. seeing any deer at it yeah uh, do you still have pigs on it no that was the other thing the reason i put the feeder up so late is because i was worried about pigs getting in there and tearing up my food plot before mm-hmm. it had time to like take off you know yeah so i hesitated that but i think i had one picture of one pig mm-hmm. like earlier this week at night and I haven't seen any more pigs. That's weird. But I also found out the property to the east of us, no, west of us, mm-hmm. um, the guy that leases it for hay rights apparently has a thermal and runs a cell camera and lives close by and he baits pigs and every time he sees pigs he goes out there at night to shoot them. Hell yeah. Which is cool. Because he's taking care of my pig problem. Not cool because he's yeah. blowing up the woods right next to my deer hunting land <laughs> in the middle of the night. So it's like a kind of catch twenty two there. Yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. It's nice because the pigs haven't been like screwing everything up. But also I was like, man, I was ready to shoot some pigs this year with my bow. <laughs> now I'm not seeing them anymore. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, you had them on the back of your property for a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, but not anymore. <laughs> huh they haven't touched the feeder up front and then 
the this last week when I saw one, it was back there. Yeah. So I don't. Uh, <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> that property is a cluster right now. Yeah. It's always something new out there. I feel like. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. I'm staying optimistic. I know how things change on that property in November, so I'm just gonna stay at it. I mean. Mm-hmm. If I'm not seeing deer in the next couple of weekends, I think I'm just going to stay out of there, to be honest. Yeah. Let it remain unpressured. Just let the deer mm-hmm. do their thing, do what they want. Not really. Just keep corn in and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Until I start seeing some activity pick up. Because like I said, I'm. When the wind's right, I'm going to go keep hunting because like I said, you never know what's coming by and not right. the camera. But I'm not really doe hunting out there. I may later in the season if we haven't killed a lot of does off the property or something and i just feel like killing another one i may do that late season but as of right now i'm not really that concerned mm-hmm. with it so there's nothing wrong letting it sit yeah i think it's good for that property especially this people. time of the year yeah yeah and along with our hiatus from the podcast there's also been a big hiatus at our place in sand springs too that has not been taken care of until today yeah not only could we not record podcasts <laughs> we couldn't maintain our freaking deer <laughs> so i don't even know the last time we were out there before today it was yeah september I don't, something it was september, early september the last trail camera picture we had at the feeder out there was like september 30th yeah so it's <laughs> almost been, a month it's ago. been a month since we've been out there yeah so it's yeah we ran out of corn quicker than honestly i thought we would have well i don't know what well, the first time, yeah, we were pretty low on corn the first yeah. like when we first checked it, but we did have a squirrel problem at that point, too. Yeah. Like we were positive. Yeah. yeah. So last time we were out there, we finished hanging our stand, set up our ground blind, I think. Yeah. And I don't even know if we changed batteries in the cameras then or not. I guess we didn't because we everything couldn't. died like right yeah. after that. <laughs> so. yeah, everything, like we only had one camera. We, we didn't even change camera batteries on that one today. No. Because it hardly ever gets pictures on it. <clears throat> like, it takes pictures, like, almost daily, but it's just a deer passing by, yeah. and that's it. They don't hang out in front yeah. of or anything, so the camera batteries last. Right. So we were out of corn, out of batteries. Couldn't see anything that was going yeah. on. <laughs> Every once in a while, one of the cameras would get just enough yeah. juice to take a picture. <laughs> yeah, because I've been running a solar camera, or solar panel on the feeder camera, which I had higher hopes for. Than, it hasn't really worked out that well. Well, maybe the, the batteries just go to shit and they can't charge it. So. That's true because whenever we hooked the solar panel up to that camera, the batteries were like half dead already. Mm-hmm. So I don't, which the solar panel stores its own charge. So I, in, I think it should still work. So yeah. it may have just been the direction we had it facing. Maybe. It wasn't getting enough sunlight. Yeah. Cause it's really not a great area in there for it to get sunlight, right. but yeah. But out there seems to be kind of the same old, same old that we've been seeing shit ton of does. We have a small little buck and. Well, I mean, we have that one buck. He shows up every few days. The biggest buck, I guess, that we've seen this year. Well, we had one early. One early, yeah. They're pretty similar size. They're not megas, but they're shooter bucks. Yeah, I take him. Um, He's been showing up still. Mm -hmm. He shows up every few days. Uh, He's been there in daylight a couple times, which is disheartening. One of them was like a Saturday morning. Too. I know. Yeah, you text me that. <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, that's and rough. I, I was in an area all out west, you know. I don't have cell service most of the mm. places, at least where I can open and view pictures and stuff. 
I, I saw the notifications coming through, but I couldn't open them. Yeah. And then you... My point up is bad about that, by the yeah. way. If you don't have, like, good internet connection, it will not load no. your pictures. No. And I'll, I didn't even click on the picture. And I saw, like, the, the banner with the picture. And then I don't even remember what you said. This would make your heart break yeah, or something so like that. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me right now. Because I saw it's daylight, too. Dude, it was, like, prime time, like, 8.30 in the morning. It yeah, so it wasn't too nice. early, you know. No. You know, it was just perfect. Right in front of the timber stand, I think it was. Yeah, yeah and it would have been a money shot, dude. Yeah. Which, this is the buck that I named Big Sexy. I'm pretty proud of that name. Oh, yeah, you did. I forgot about that. <laughs> He's not a, a real old buck. No, I don't think he's super old, but I mean, he's freaking wide. I know that. I'd take him in a heartbeat. Oh, yeah. There's no way I'd pass him up. Yeah. So hopefully, now that we have re-maintained all of our stuff out there, it'll uh, he'll start coming back a little bit more with some food and yeah. hanging around those does come November, you know. And yeah, hopefully we keep those does in there happy. Maybe we'll get some new bucks to show up, too. Yeah. Which, typically. That kind of happened last year, too. We for sure had at least one buck, one new buck show up last year, and he was a mature buck. He's just kind of funky. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't have a great rack, but I'm pretty sure he was old as shit. Yeah. I uh, probably would have took him. Oh, I, I 100% yeah. had, like, made that conscious decision last yeah. year. I was like, if we see him, like, I'll shoot him. Yeah. Because he'd just be a cool buck to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I beat this one at his own game, like a mature, right. smart buck, you know? Yeah. And he rutted hard on that property. Like, he, mm-hmm. he chased and everything like that, so. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool to see him. Hopefully we have some more opportunities like that this year. I think we will as long as we stay consistent with our <laughs> hunting and yeah. maintaining everything. And I mean, we're re- refreshed now. Hopefully that should keep us going for the next close to month or so, which hopefully mm-hmm. we're out there more consistently. Yeah. Um, obviously every chance we get. So, yeah. So we, we, we went out and hunted this morning. I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to expect because we couldn't see anything going on out there. Yeah. And it was kind of one of those things like we knew we needed to get out there to refresh everything. So it's like might as well. Right. That's kind of. Because I still think the deer used that property a ton without us feeding them. Yeah. So like I still had quite a bit of confidence that we would see something this morning. Yeah. But we also timed it right or like timed it poorly with weather. It's been hot as balls this week for whatever reason. <laughs> so, and we had like no wind today. It was just kind of like just swirling around mm-hmm. at like two miles an hour. And if that, it was just, yeah. it was a weird morning. So, yeah, it wasn't the greatest time to get out there and do it. I think if we found like a, a chillier morning or something mm-hmm. where the deer are kind of up and active, yeah, I think we still could have, we would have had a better chance of seeing something even without feeding, but mm-hmm. I think so. I mean, obviously, they still are using that property out there, and they always have been, and they're not going to stop. Yeah, because, I mean, because your camera in the timber and then the other camera I have down there, they've both been taking pictures mm-hmm. still every yeah. for, since just, we've been out there. But We kind of have them conditioned and patterned just mm-hmm. at certain times in the morning and evening to be up there at top, you know. Right. Not just using it as a kind of a pass-through property. Cause, yeah. But <clears throat> we... <laughs> So we, Curtis and I both kind of made the conscious decision because of the winds, because we thought we were going to have about a five mile an hour wind. Yeah. That wasn't going to work out for the timber. It was going to blow, mm-hmm. blow, blow us out up top, you know? And so we're like, all right, we'll just both hunt up, up top because we got the ground blind that's out by the road. And then we have the new stands all over the feeder. <laughs> Daylight rolled around. And I, I mean, we, we're close and we know we're close. Yeah. 
Oh, daylight rolled around, and I'm sitting in the blind, and I see something moving up in the trees. <laughs> and it was Curtis, and I texted him. I was like, hey, can you see me? He was like, no. Yeah, no. I For, for the longest, I was like, no, I have no idea. I think there's trees, like, in front of me. Yeah. I don't know how you see me, because what I'm looking through is thick as shit. It's like, I don't know how the hell you see me. Yeah. And then I te- I, there was, like, a loud crash in the woods, and so yeah. then I saw him stand. I was like, oh, I can definitely see you. I'm perfectly fine now that you're standing up. He's like, well, I don't see shit. How do you even see me? And which he was looking way far off. Yeah, it turned out I was looking the completely yeah. wrong area. I thought that blind was so much farther away than it actually was. <laughs> yeah. So Curtis and I did a, a public land special, and we were hunting yeah. on top of each other this morning, like at least sixty yards. Apart. Yeah, which which we knew, like yeah. with that setup, if we're both hunting up front, we're going to obviously see the same deer. Yeah. It's just going to depend on who gets a shot, yeah. like where they travel, which isn't a big deal. Even now, it's not a big deal that we're that close. No, I just didn't realize we were that close. Yeah. It was literally at the end of the hunt. I like looked farther to my left, and I was like. Holy shit. Yeah, I can see that mine like plain as day. I can see the window open. Yeah. <laughs> and the the crazy thing is I saw it earlier in the day. I saw like the black rectangle. Uh-huh. And I was like, that looks weird. I don't but I don't think that's where the blind's at. Yeah. So I didn't think anything of it. And then it finally clicked. And I was like, holy shit, yeah, I've been able to see him the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that I want to do that again. Just so we can see each other's shots. Mm-hmm. That'd be so badass. It'd be super cool. Yeah. Especially if, because from that tree stand, you can shoot the road. Yeah. There's a there's shooting lanes there. Yeah. So it can literally be something like, because the, you can shoot the road from the blind, but it's a poke. Yeah. Um, it's about, well, it's about 35 yards, but the shot opportunities right now. Yeah. It'd be kind of right. halfway difficult. So it'd be cool if there's a buck like on the road, somebody in the blind could be filming it mm-hmm. and then you, you could shoot it from a tree stand. It'd be super cool. Yeah. So I'm actually still pretty excited about that. It just kind of suck, you know, if like something fucked up on your bow. You wouldn't be shooting directly at the blind <laughs> and I'd be shooting downwards. <laughs> you never know with your bow. My bow's good this year. <laughs> I fixed the broadhead issue. So far. It is good. No, but that that would be sweet. What do you want? I'm still working on this. Oh, I guess I could use another one. I guess hand me one of those weird ones. We're gonna do a beer review. Sure. Let me polish this one off. I guess. You have a sound for beer review? Uh uh-uh. uh. Need to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I got. We're limited on sounds. This one's long. Mm-hmm. So much longer than I thought it was. <laughs> All right. Since you brought them, I'll let you read it. Well, this episode's beer review comes again from me winning my fantasy football matchup. <laughs> <laughs> Your sound effect was better. I should have just left with that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> No, we have a uh, a work fantasy football league, and one of the guys that I'm buddies with, every time we have a matchup, we play each other twice a year. Uh, we bet some beer on the week, so whoever loses has to buy the winner some kind of beer. And I always tell them, just get me something interesting, because I'm not picky. And this year, he uh, found me a Voodoo Ranger Juice Force IPA. 
says it's a hazy imperial IPA. New Belgium. New Belgium, yeah. So I think it's, it's literally got some kind of like fruit juice in it, I think. And he said he likes them a lot. He actually bought me a six pack and he was like, I have one condition. He was like, I need to steal one of these. <laughs> And I think he literally went in our gym as soon as he took it and drank <laughs> in our office. <laughs> so. Mm. One, three. Oh, I think I just splashed all over the mix board. Sniff test. Okay. It smells good. It does. It smells fruity. Still got that IPA smell, though. I'm a fan. Me too. I actually it do like it. it. Yeah. It's still got that stoutness, but the, the fruitiness kind of, yeah. I like the smoothness. The, 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 the fruit juice kind of breaks it up a little bit. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm a fan. Oh, they're also like 9.5% alcohol by volume, so they're stout beers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those are really good. Yeah, I'm definitely Where a fan. Where does he get that at? I think he actually got this at Quick Trip, to be honest, because... He it was like a week after our matchup. He was like, "Dude, I still haven't bought your beer," and he went to the gas station with somebody else in our office and just thought of it while he was there. He's like, "Oh, I gotta get Curtis beer." So that's, oh, that's what he awful. found. Quick Trip has quite a variety of beers now. Yeah, and a lot of Tulsa, which obviously that's where I've gotten right. a lot of my shit Tulsa brewed beers. But there's a lot of good ones out there. Yeah, so far we're yet to find a good Tulsa brewed beer, though, are we? Uh, we've only had those two, haven't we? I thought I got another, hmm, I thought I had one that was told, well, where's this one brewed at? Stillwater, right? Probably, yeah. Iron Monks and Sewer. Yeah. Maybe not then. Well, actually, there is a Tulsa brewed beer that I like that I've tried. I don't remember, I have the card from the brewery in like South Tulsa. Oh, really? That I liked. It, it was really good. Yeah. Well, the two that we tried on the podcast were yeah. So <laughs> we need to find yeah. some more. And then I had one at the fair too. I don't remember what it was, but it was good. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. No, this is really good. I'm no, down with this. Yeah, I'm a fan of that for sure. Although I can only imagine how I'd feel after drinking about four or five of those. <laughs> You'd be smammered. Mm -hmm. This is one that'll sneak up on you, but I don't know if I could drink four or five of those. I don't know if I could either. I'm not. I'm not a big IPA guy, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like I, I like these every now and again, like trying it's them. It's starting but... to grow on me a little bit, but it has to be like the right kind. I don't know enough to differentiate to know like what I like. Yeah. I don't know. I just... Because this is considered an IPA, isn't it? I don't think so. What is this considered? I don't know. I think it's just like a darker beer. This Iron Monk from 1890 original. I think we looked at this last time and we couldn't figure out what it said it was. I thought one of the older cans said maybe not. Yeah, they said something on it, but they didn't tell us exactly. But you know, I don't think it's an IPA. May not be. Um, that's another thing. So part of our freaking hectic schedule the last month, I've spent the majority of the last two weeks across the country for work traveling. <laughs> um, and the guy that I went with this past week, every night at dinner, he ordered like some kind of IPA. And I was like, dude, I don't know how you do that shit. And he's like. Honestly, I drink them because it makes me drink them slower. He's like, if I get just like a Yingling or a Coors Light or something, he's like, yeah, I just I'm down them. So that makes sense. He still drank IPAs faster than I did. <laughs> faster than I drank my Coors Light. But, <laughs> but yeah, he was saying he likes the like something a little more stout, and it makes him drink it slower or whatever, mm -hmm. which makes sense. But yeah, 
I just, I don't, I'm a simple dude. I just like man. my light beers, man. <laughs> I do too. I just like playing around now more than I ever used to. Well, I say I like my light beers. I like my domestic, like normal beers, like even Yingling. Excuse <laughs> you. That probably came in on the episode. <laughs> if you heard it, yeah. My bag. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love a good Yingling and Coors Banquet from mm-hmm. time to time, but most times it's just Coors Light at this point. It's all I need, man. Yeah. Anymore now, though, like if I go out to eat, I don't get Coors Light or anything like that. I'm usually getting like Dos Equis or Yingling or something like yeah. that. Or now I'll get uh, Shinerbach. Although I won't blink there. Yeah, Shinerbach. But just because I like something different because I, I drink too much Coors at home, you know? Yeah. I don't actually, I, well, I say I don't remember the last time I drank. I drink a beer every night when I'm with dinner, whenever we're traveling for work or whatever. I drink, I just order a beer and a glass of water, and that's what yeah. I drink with my dinner. Um, But other than that, like, back home, you and I haven't been hanging out, no. so I haven't been drinking. No. <laughs> <laughs> I only drink at home when I'm with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I don't usually drink whenever I'm going on the road unless I'm in Nebraska. Yeah. I might. Go get something, but right. I had to fight the urges this last week in Vegas. So <laughs> you didn't have any like off days that you could. I had plenty of off days. Like I, we, Paul was with me. We convoyed up there, and <clears throat> I had PC'd, which is personal conveyances. I can just use the truck as a personal vehicle, essentially for like two hours a day. Yeah, we were about twenty miles north of Vegas, like downtown, mm. and we're like. I told him, I was like, we're only at a Loves and there's only Loves and there's only a Subway and like a pizza place in there. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. I'm right. tired of eating shit out of the truck. I was like, do you want to go find some place in town to go and try to find, find parking? He's like, yeah, we can do that. And so we were like looking at it because we were like debating on like going down to the strip and walking around and doing stuff like that because I wanted mm-hmm. to see it. And uh, so he found a, parking spot actually right next to the mgm oh yeah and i was like all right that'll sound i mean you had to pay for it for like the day i was like that's fine 20 30 bucks for the day and i'll we'll just drive back well like on our app that we have that it's called trucker path and like any parking spots truck stops well that you can go and leave reviews other truck drivers have and whatnot and so we started going through and reading the reviews and they're like it's all right parking but be expected to be cat called by your local hookers and strippers right there in the parking lot. Uh, drug deals going on in the parking lot. Oh You're going to get confronted. All this crap. I was like, do I deal with that stuff other places? Kind of. Yeah. I was like, I just don't feel like it today, no, you know. <laughs> and uh, so we, we, we ended up just going just to like North Vegas, which is still damn near downtown Vegas over there by the NASCAR track and parked at a pilot. And we walked down the block to a Mexican restaurant. Which was really good. Oh yeah. But since I drove the semi, I was like, no, I'll probably should just get yeah. a sweet tea. Yeah, that's true. Cause I was looking at Uber, which Uber came out there, but it was like seventy bucks one way. I was like, fuck that. Oh yeah, I'm sure they hike up the prices like crazy yeah. over there. Which my sister was saying that taxis are still heavily used there and they're super oh, yeah. cheap. Oh really? Apparently, yeah, but I, I don't know what it was been there. Yeah, I would. I was trying to get like Uber Eats to come out there or DoorDash. They wouldn't even deliver out there. Really? Yeah. Huh. Because like 
once you get out of that little downtown metroplex of Vegas, it's desert and nothing. Oh yeah. I mean, it's there's no other like towns like there right. are you know here. It's just <laughs> Vegas desert and that's it. So yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought of that, but I don't think I can name a single other city. There's like a couple. (laughs) Yeah, there's like a couple little small towns that I would still consider Vegas. You know, that's like right there. Just part of that, like metroplex or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But no, once you get out of that little metroplex, there's nothing really. Yeah, I did pick up my load right next to Area Fifty (laughs) One. That was kind of cool, except there was like forty-five miles of. No cell reception, right? Like nothing. <laughs> like I, my phone said SOS on it, mm-hmm. and so whenever I was heading out there, I was driving through some of these canyons, like switch back through some of these canyons right next to it, and I'm like this is kind of cool. And my phone's mounted on the windshield, so I started recording, and it popped up on my phone, and it says Air Force monitoring by radar. And I was like, <laughs> turn that shit off. <laughs> Don't don't need don't need any of that. Yeah, I bet they watch every single yeah. thing that goes through that area. I'm sure. Yeah, like the highway was on was the state. It was a Nevada state highway named Extraterrestrial Highway. <laughs> it was like 150 some miles long or something like that. It was really yeah. cool. But the whole time I was out there, you just see these weird. I've never seen these type of fighter jets or these type of planes and stuff just beelining across. Oh, really? the desert. It was cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, drove by Area 51 and the Hoover Dam the same day. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't. I only got to see like a little nip slip of the di- of the dam because <laughs> it like <laughs> curved around. Yeah, and I was it was a bridge going over the river part, and yeah. it was kind of curved, and so I was like looking, but it was also going through construction. I was like, nope, nope, <laughs> keep on going. <laughs> but Nevada's kind kind of cool. Really? Yeah, I do love desert heat a lot more than our heat here, though. Drier, dude. Like. You feel the heat, but it's like you feel the heat on the skin. Like the sun's hot. Yeah. Like you don't just breathe hot like you do here. Right. <laughs> but like the difference is like, and Paul had always told me this. I was like, eh, it's still hot because it, he was like, it's hot when you're in the sun, but like you step off in the shade and it's cool. Mm. I like, eh, I don't really know about it. Like it's still hot. It's 90 <laughs> degrees outside. Yeah. No, that's pretty damn true. Really? Because <laughs> like here, you know, it's 90 to 100 degrees. It's hot. You step off in the shade. It's still yeah, it's still sticky yeah. hot. You know, yeah, you're breathing hot. Right, the wind <laughs> blows. It feels like you're in a hair dryer. You know, <laughs> but no, the dryer heat. I'm a fan of. So it was still like 90 degrees over there whenever you went. Yeah, it would get up to about 90. Right. It wasn't extremely hot, but the 90 there is so much easier to deal with than it is. Right, like, you know, but at night it would be 90 during the day, but at night it would drop down to like 50. Mm-hmm. Freaking loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, that'd be sweet. And this, like, I wasn't sweating nearly as bad in that 90 degrees I would here. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a little bit of a sweat, you know, it wasn't, but, you know, here you walk outside and you're just walking outside. You just drenched <laughs> in sweat. Yeah. <laughs> you don't take a shower and go back outside for no. a second, you know. <clears throat> Glad those days are over for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, Thankful we've had these cool fronts in October, but I'm ready for it to get cold and stay cold. Mm -hmm. Yep. But with that being said, we thank you for listening to us ramble on, on everything that, that you've kind of missed, I guess. We've also missed, I guess, is why we're recording (laughs) the hiatus, we call it. But thank you for listening. We hope you keep listening. 
we'll get back to consistency again now. Yeah, we're going to try to keep pumping these things out. Now. We got to get back to work. Yeah, unfortunately. So, but don't forget to hit up our TikTok, Instagram, all that, even though that's been on the hiatus. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go show some of those other old TikToks and stuff some love. And don't forget to go back and listen to some of these episodes that you've missed if you just started listening. Yeah. Or if you forget about some of the dumb shit that we said, go back and remind <laughs> us because we don't know what we said either. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> but we hope you keep listening and we'll catch you on next week's episode. See ya.